Good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Welcome, Facebook. Thank you for joining us. It's another episode of the Writer's Corner live show. You probably have a favorite type of book, either fiction or nonfiction, but you may like to know more about the different types of genres that are available. You may either be published or wish to get published. In that case, this is the show for you. Authors and aspiring authors and readers who want to know what's available. We introduce you to inspiring authors who share their stories and expertise. Right here on the Writer's Corner Live, you get to ask our guests questions and ask and get the answers right here on the show live. Or if you're watching the replay, welcome. In that case, leave us your questions in the comments and we'll get back to you. Another favor. Let us know where in the world you are watching from, because we from all over the world right here. This broadcast is brought to you and sponsored by BeLive Media. Welcome, everyone, and hello. I am going to bring on Mary, who is my co-host, Mary, welcome. Hi, everybody. How are you? Nice to see you, Brigetti. Yes. So if you're new to the broadcast, Mary is an award-winning author of the Poolicious Children's Book Series. She's currently working on another book as well as writing a movie screenplay. Wow. <laughs> Mary's also a wife and a mother of three inspirations. She is also a special needs and disability advocate and also a live streamer, and she lives in Nashville in the USA. So, hey, my friend, good uh, to see you again. Hi, so nice to see you too. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. It's a little cold and hopefully we'll get some rain here. Oh, I hope so. Um, which, is always, which is always good news, always good news. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask you, how cold is it there? Because it's blazing hot over here, so... Well, it's cold enough for me to have a jersey on, you know. Oh, yeah. um, so <laughs> it's fairly cold, and I've got long sleeves on as well. So, <laughs> well, I don't like the cold either. So I'm kind of happy it's warm here, but I'm, you know, you just have to bundle up, don't you? Enjoy. Shall we bring our guests up one by one? Yeah, absolutely. I'm very excited today. We got some. We got guys on today, so we're changing things up a little bit. I'm super excited about them joining us today. So how about if I introduce Joseph and you introduce Matthew? Okay, absolutely. That sounds great. Fantastic. So first, let's bring on um, Joseph. Hello. Welcome, Joe. And Joe has written four books. His four books is... Caught in a Web, Taking Lives, Stolen Lives, Shattered Lives, and Splintered Lives. And his sixth book, Spiral into Darkness, will debut in January 2019 from Black Rose Writing. He's been, educated, he's been an educator for 41 years as a teacher, a coach, a counselor, and administrator. Joe is currently a high school principal and resides in Virginia in the U.S. with his wife, Kim, along with his daughters, Hannah and Emily. And he's lost his son, Will. Mm. Joe uses psychology and counseling background to craft his characters, which brings them to life. 
and his books are topical and fresh and appeal to anyone who enjoys crime thriller fiction with a touch of young adult thrown in. Joe, awesome. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. An absolute pleasure. So let's bring on Matthew and Mary. Will you introduce Matthew to the audience? Yes, absolutely. Great. Hi, Matthew. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thank you. Okay. So this is Matthew Brockmeyer, and he is out in the, do we want to say the deep woods of California, hanging 10, <laughs> sort of, kind of, or just hanging out, right? And um, Matthew is, um, he is the author of the novel, Kind Nepenthe. Did I say it right? No, it's Kind Nepenthe. No, oh, kind of penthe. Okay, thank you for correcting me because you've not told me that before, so I didn't know. I'm sorry, I should have asked before. So, all right. <clears throat> his short stories have been featured in numerous magazines, journals, and anthologies. And he lives off the grid with his family in California. And um, he's he is married with two children, and <clears throat> he lives on a small farmstead. He likes to howl at the moon and drink human blood, right? Got that correct? Oh, absolutely. I did. That is absolutely correct. So can you videotape that for me sometime and send it to me so I could just see the howling? Uh, sure. I'll howl for you right now. <laughs> <laughs> My 14-year-old absolutely loves wolves, and she's an artist, and she draws lots and lots of them. So she uh, she loves wolves. So she'd, like, she'd probably get out there with you and howl, knowing my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. You do that so perfectly. Yeah, he did, didn't he? I really believed it. <laughs> so have you guys met before, Matthew and Joseph? No. No, no other than no. Facebook and through the uh, uh, Black Rose writing, that's about it. Okay. So we're to every, anyone who's watching or anybody on the replay, so the three of us are, um, we're with the same publisher, Black Rose Writing, and they're out of Texas, and uh, they publish all kinds of genres, and we have a really we have a great Facebook page uh, that uh, is very supportive and um, everyone posts in there when they've got something great and awesome going on or they need somebody to vote for them or just kind of to keep up with what's going on with them. So it's been a really, it's a great supportive group, I think. And so uh, I think it's awesome for us to be able to meet face to face like this and kind of get to know each other. Uh, we each write different genres. Mine is children's right now. Matthew, what is your genre? Dark fiction, horror. Okay, and Joe? I'm crime thriller with a little bit of uh, young adult. Okay, all right, awesome. So if anybody out there is looking for these books, at the end of the um, live stream, we'll tell you where you can find the guys if you want to contact them, if you want to contact them for speaking engagements or appearances or uh, to book them for something or where to find their books, they'll be able to tell you at the end of the show. Uh, the show. So who would like to go first to talk about themselves? Doesn't everyone like to talk about themselves? <laughs> we are a narcissistic society now with all the selfies in the media, aren't we? A <laughs> little raising, bit, yeah. We're raising narcissistic children, aren't we? Oh, maybe one or two. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, so who wants to go first, Joseph or Matthew? Either one. It doesn't matter. I can go first if you'd like. Okay. What, would, right what would you like to know? Well, can you tell us... Um, well, tell us a little bit about, well, Bergetti artist also already told us a little bit about your background. What led you to write what you're writing? I've always been interested in mystery, 
suspense, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, I'm a, an avid James Patterson, John Sanford, David Baldacci reader. Okay. And, and I just, I like their style. Um, an early reviewer from one of my books actually stated, if you like James Patterson, you're going to love Joe Lewis. And, and I, that to me is a real nice compliment. Um, because I, because I work with kids and because of my background in counseling and psychology, it was just kind of natural for me to be able to write crime thriller, topical, um, using kids as really my main characters with some police enforcement, FBI thrown in. Okay. That's awesome. So what, what age range would you say? Cause there's, there's YA and there's, I mean, there's so many different age ranges and, and genres yeah. these days. What age is, are your books good for, for readers? Well, I know that I have, because I'm a high school principal and kids know that I do write, I do have high school kids that actually read it. Okay. <laughs> um, on all the way up, you know, past 65, 70, mm. um, it, it, they're really all range. I guess it really is not so much the age range as it is the the topic and the genre of crime fiction that draws people. Okay, all right, that's wonderful. Okay, so uh, how many how many words do, is is your novel, um, and how many words do you like to go with with a book? Because you know we're the, we think about those things not people, not so much anyone who's going to read one, but you know it really does make a difference in the classification sometimes of your book when you you know, and so that's. You know, the, some parts of this live stream are to educate people mm -hmm. who want to, they want to write and they're not sure about it and they don't even know where to start. And, you know, I know I was like that. You guys were probably like that too. Where do I start? Who do I, who do I go to, you know? And I mean, I don't know about you, but everywhere I go, somebody comes up and says, you know, I really want to write a book or I've been thinking How did you about, start? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How did you start? So, and Thornton Klein, who's one of another beer. RW writer, we've done a couple of classes for people about write, from writing to getting published that have been really helpful for the people who've come to them. Um, because I, you know, when I went to search for a publisher, I had no clue what I was doing. I, I was you know, totally a fish out of water. So I want to try to get information out there for anybody who is watching. And so, you know, with words, talk about that for just a minute. Well, with, with words, because I was absolutely a newbie, when I started writing, I didn't even realize that there were genre-specific word counts. Mm, yeah. And so what I, what I did is I just told a story. Mm. And it just happened to be in the crime thriller. A young adult is, is generally less, uh, around 45,000 words, so maybe a little bit higher. Okay. Um, in my genre, I think I've gone anywhere up to, I think current... Uh, Caught in the Web is about 93, 94,000, and the one that is following that that'll, that's coming out in January is going to be at, at about 99. And so it, it really kind of depends upon, first of all, the story. What are the characters doing? Right. And, I, and I don't necessarily pay a whole lot of attention to the word count. To me, it's get the story down, and then we can go back and edit and cut it to the bone as... Uh, Gaiman says, or as Stephen King says. All right, yeah, and the editing is just—it's yeah. the worst part of all of it. I think I don't know. I don't know if Matthew agrees or not, but the writing is the fun part, right? Everything else is yeah. is is a challenge, and it's a lot of work. Which um, 
I was just talking to my girlfriend about this the other day. And as soon as you get published, people think it's a, I guess a fairy tale ride almost, but it's not because that's when the work begins. Yeah. Uh, and the, the hard work begins because we're all doing about the, you know, we're all doing about 10 people's jobs in one, unless you're doing so well that, you know, you can hire people to do all that. Otherwise you're doing it yourself. Yep. So, and it's late hours and early mornings and in between. And, um, I don't know how old Matthew's kids are, but I know mine nap time, whenever, you know, whenever I can squeeze in those few moments. So, um, that's awesome. So do you have, uh, an in the works coming up after this one? Cause I know this is, this next one's coming out in January, right? Right. I'm actually finishing up or I, about halfway through a follow-up called Betrayed that okay. takes it. If, if you were to read my books, they actually take place in, a, in about a two-year span. Okay. And so, so Caught in a Web takes place in the dead of winter um, just after Christmas. Um, Spiral into Darkness takes place right after that. Uh, and then Betrayed takes place in the summer. So it's, it's the characters continue to grow and they continue to do, and it's it, it's a very short time span. Each from the beginning of the book to the end of the book, we're talking about a week or two max. Mm. Oh wow, that's interesting. Okay, so have you are you published with anyone else besides VRW? Yes, uh, True Visions Publications did um, the Lives trilogy and the prequel, mm -hmm. and then I switched to um, Black Rose Riding. Okay. So I'm going to ask Matthew a couple of questions now and let him talk. And then before we go off, we'll let everybody know where they can find you, um, your books and everything else. So we make sure everybody's well-educated, okay, mm -hmm. informed. Okay, Matthew, so can you tell us about your your book that's winning awards? And Well, you're rocking it out. Both you guys are. Every time you post, it's like something awesome happens. So, Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Can you tell us about, can you let everybody know about your book and what the story plot is? Or is uh, Yes. My story is about uh, a single mom. She's uh, got a lot of hippie ideals. She's a vegetarian. She's got long dreadlocks and uh, she has a five-year-old daughter and her dream is to live in the woods, to teach her daughter how to uh, live off the land and um, have a big organic garden. And so she's in San Diego and she moves up into the back hills of Northern California and Humboldt County to uh, work on a marijuana farm, hoping that they can make enough money to buy their own land and have like a hippie paradise. But the guy they work for, Coyote, is pretty much a total scumbag and he owes the neighbors money and the neighbors are like um, crazy redneck meth dealers <laughs> and the place is haunted. And so there's a lot of ghosts running around and it uh, all spirals out of control. <clears throat> I love it. That's awesome. But it says a lot about uh, the culture of Northern California and um, okay. ab about lost ideals, losing your ideals, how you have these dreams, how people have uh, big dreams and then they'll let their ideals slip by trying to uh, uh, fulfill them because uh, the farm that she works on uses all chemical fertilizers and pesticides and she doesn't believe in any of that. She wants everything mm -hmm. to be organic. But she lets herself go down this path for money, and it's a dark path. Okay, can I ask Matthew a question? Yeah, go right ahead. Uh, Matthew, I was wondering, how much of you yourself do you find in your writing, in your books? 100%. That's, I, I get that question. I pour my soul out, my heart. 
Yeah. No, but I mean, in terms of character development, uh, do you see yourself as any of your characters? Have you read it? <laughs> no, I have not. Well, uh, the character Calendula is a lot like me, but um, a lot like me, but uh, he's a bad guy. And <laughs> <laughs> but um, I know all these people. I know a lot of the people like locals, and they read it, they'll be like, "Oh, my, I know these people." They're like, "I, I, you know, they're." Um, brought it true to life then is what you did it's very it's yeah yeah there's actually a, a real life place here called murder mountain oh. uh it's kind of famous netflix is doing a documentary about it right now but uh i call it homicide hill i changed everything and change everything around but mm-hmm. it's pretty much based on real life experiences i think okay, that's so what makes not- any kind of a reader uh, i mean a writer accepted or a good writer in that they do put a lot of their heart and soul into the writing. And I think a reader can pick out, well, that's Joe or that's Matthew or this is so-and-so. I, I, I really believe strongly that if you have really well-developed characters, they live and breathe. They're not cut out cardboard. Oh, yeah, right. If you're, yeah, if you, can, if you can master the art of writing and do it well, absolutely. And um, Matthew, I think that's awesome. Is this the... Um, the documentary that you were part of that you're talking about on Netflix that you posted about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so that was pretty cool. They interviewed me. Yeah. So you have to tell everybody, are you actually, Yeah, I can't wait for it to come out. Will you be, are you actually in the documentary itself? I, unless I get on the editing floor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they interviewed me for hours and hours. It was pretty fun. Okay. Well, I, you know, I hope it doesn't get cut. Um, I have a friend who is an actor and he was, huh? <laughs> Can you wait a second? Just give me five. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I, this is live, man. This is real life. I've got a house full of children. Um, I have a friend who was in, let's see, which one? I'm trying to think one of the Marvel movies and everything he did in the movie got cut. And it was on the cutting room floor. I felt so bad for him because we were so excited to see it come out. And But now he's got a better part in a bigger movie and he's in England shooting. So, But it really does kind of, you know, we'll pray that everything you did gets kept in there and, and that'll be exciting. And you'll, will you let us know when it's coming out so we can watch? Oh, yeah. Don't oh. worry. <laughs> okay, I love it. Well, I, I love that you are... I love what you're doing and you know if I if I could have that real life dream come happen Did we lose you or did I am I lost? Yes, I think we we in there a little bit so let's just get her back again. Oh uh, yeah, I'm here. Can you see me? Yep. Okay. Yes, we can okay. see you. Mary, can you can you backtrack and and just repeat that again because I think what you were trying to say um, got lost a little bit. Yeah. No, I just love what Matthew's doing with his kids. And, and um, Joe probably can attest to what he sees in schools that it'd be really great to get kids back to uh, just as natural as possible and connecting with the earth and um, living living off the earth. I, I think it's just there's we had a different society when we were doing that. And in societies around the planet, the whole ecosystem, their whole, everything about them is so different compared to us. I mean, I know for myself, when I turn off all the technology with the kids, 
their, their personalities are different. The energy is different, mm -hmm. you know? And so, I mean, I, I do, I am nowhere close to what Matthew does, but I go natural as much as possible in every way that I can with my kids. You know, I, I go to uh, more, I use a lot of oils and, and homeopathics and things like that. I go as natural as I can for medicine before I go for bigger stuff, like having to go to the doctor and things with my kids. And I'm like, I have a child who just had major surgery this summer though. <laughs> Uh, nothing homeopathically was going to take care of that or the earth. So, but I, um, I'm a big fan of living that way and would love to right now we live in a neighborhood. So, you know, you can't do the things that I would love to do, but at some point we will. So, um, Matthew, I may call you. Urban permaculture is a thing. Huh? Urban Hi. permaculture. Urban permaculture. Okay. What is that? Well, you can, you can, what is permaculture? Permaculture is a, like a type of a, or looking at life through a, a living off the land. Uh, it, it means like permanent agriculture where they, um, but uh, you can do it in urban settings, grow small pots and grow herbs and pots. My wife's a certified herbalist and uh, it, it is possible in suburban and urban areas to uh, apply a lot of the uh, methodologies of uh, organic gardening and, and herbalism and all that. Right. Absolutely. Just Google, Google urban permaculture. It's pretty fascinating. Well, I, um, I grow as much as I can in the small area that I have. We have a lot of rabbits and deer who like to eat everything. <laughs> <laughs> so it presents a little bit of a challenge sometimes. So we just, I, that's what I have to do is figure out how to keep them from eating anything that, you know, I grew up. So what is your next project, Matthew? Or do you have one in the works? Oh, yeah. I'm working on a, a new novel right now. I got a bunch of short stories coming out. I have a collection of short stories that I'm trying to sell right now, too. Okay. Who are you shopping for? Do you, I mean, have you, have you started that shopping process, you said? Not really. Yeah. Well, it's um, sometimes very lengthy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So um, is, is your novel right now the first one you have a Black Rose? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, yes, they just need to be quiet. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> That's okay. So I've got, I've got, um, two questions for you, for you, Matthew and, and Joe. Yes. Go right How on. do you think, um, being a writer has helped you as a person? Has it, has it made a difference? I think it makes you empathetic. You know, you have to, to put yourself into the character's position. You have to be able to open your mind to, um, all different people and, so yeah, I think it makes you a, a more caring and understanding person. I would agree. I mean, it, 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 again, I, I, I kind of repeat myself, but I think if you're an effective writer, you're putting yourself into it. And I know that it has changed um, some of my beliefs. It has changed some of my worldview. Um, and I, I think that I've become a little bit better communicator not only through word, but also as a speaker. Hmm. You're well, that's Mary. Can I can I ask the same question of you as an author? Okay, I didn't hear what it was because um, I was interrupted. Go ahead. <laughs> I okay. didn't hear what the so, the, so the question is: How do you think um, being a writer has helped you as a person? Wow, it helps you. Well, first of all, seeing your um, creations come to life. 
I think changes a lot for a person who's a writer and a creator. It's like, cause you know, there's a lot of dreamers. We do a lot of dreaming and wishing in our lives. And when something finally comes to fruition, it's like, whoa, this can really happen. Mm -hmm. So it changes your belief system to some extent, but it also allows you to be, I think some ways it gives you permission to be more of um, who you are, who you're intended to be. And it allows you your communication changes with people. I know for me, I write different words right now. What I'm writing is different than, than Matthew and Joe because it's more, um, it's more uh, lullabies and sweet things and, and, and bedtime stories with children and about toddlerhood, you know, so it's a whole different world. So it's very magical in that way. Um, and it, I think it, I don't know, it just takes you to a different place and it allows you, it gives you permission to, to be creative where maybe you would have held yourself back to some extent because you weren't getting published or nobody was reading what you were writing or you were too scared to do it. Now you've taken a chance on yourself. Um, and I don't know if Joe and Matthew feel the same way, same way because uh, you know, men and women don't always have those same experiences with stuff, but you know, you've taken a chance on yourself and it's worked. And so now you're like, Oh yeah, I, you know, it, it makes you, it changes who you are about your, I think self-esteem too. To some you know, I, I tell you as a, when you finish the book, and you put it out there, whether it's, you know, for somebody to read it before it's published or you, you put it out there after it's published and you know people are buying it, it is one hell of a scary proposition because you're, you're, you're taking the gamble that somebody is going to perhaps not like it or be disgusted by it or they're going to fall in love with it. And then you have these arguments with people about why did you kill so-and-so or, you know, what happened to that character and, and how come you had this person do that? And it, and it becomes this really kind of neat dialogue, but it, it is really kind of a scary proposition in you're putting yourself out there. You're putting this mm -hmm. thing that you worked on for months, maybe years for people to like, not like, agree with, disagree with, love, hate, uh, and all of that. And so it, you know, as a writer, you are truly putting your heart on your sleeve and you run that risk of getting it crushed or knocked off. Well, you're at the mercy. I think you're at the, we're at the mercy of people who they, whether they buy it or not. Right, Matthew, I mean, people don't buy your stuff. You're, you know, yep. we have no control over that. Do we? Well, you, you market, <laughs> I mean, you try to get people to buy it. Right. But I'm just saying that when you, when you, when we put ourselves out there, like what Joe's talking about, you know, if people don't buy it, then what you loved and worked on for so long is like crushed. You know what I mean? So just because we market, it doesn't always pay off. We know that, right? We've had conversations about putting so much money and time into certain things and sometimes they pay off and sometimes they don't, we market right. our, you know? But, um, so you really like literally bear your soul when you when you write. You you opening up yourself to the rest of the world, sharing a part yeah. of who yeah. you who you are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, I, mean yeah, I think. Go ahead, Joe. Go ahead, Mary. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I was just saying it makes us very transparent and very vulnerable. Absolutely, and and I think sometimes the readers, if your writing is is good, sometimes they forget it's fiction. And so then I've had conversations even with family members who will say, well, this never happened. Well, I have to remind them that it's actually fiction. <laughs> and, and if the characters are consistent from one book to the next, you know, it, it, there's some logic involved, even if 
the situations might not be logical themselves. Hmm. Right. So my next question is, what kind of research did it take for you to, to write your books? And how much time did you have to spend researching before you could put pen to paper? I love researching. It's, it's, I really enjoy it. Um, for this novel, I didn't have to do much research because I, I, I live it and I'm like here in this pla weird place. <laughs> so I, um, but for like a lot of short story, I write, I'll write some historical pieces and uh, I'll go to the, like the, I'm a member of the historical society and I'll go down there and hang out in their library all day. And I think part of being a writer is great because uh, you can watch movies and documentaries all day and you're like, I'm, I'm researching, this is work, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. You know, for, for, for me, with um, the, the four books of the Lives trilogy and the, and the prequel, you know, I actually lived um, that I was an advocate for uh, kids who were sexually abused, um, who had been taken, who had been um, emotionally abused. And so I was an advocate, not only for kids, but to parents and as an educator. So I had to research in order to understand uh, what these kids and parents have gone through. Uh, with uh, Caught in a Web, that is, I had to do the research in terms of drugs, gangs, weapons, uh, um, things like that. So it, I, again, like Matthew, I really do enjoy the research process. To me, it, it, if, if what I write is not accurate or not true, then I become not believable. And I think that's a risk that any writer has. If you put something out there or put something it, it, that's published that isn't accurate, people will call you on it. And I think it's really important, like Matthew said, is that we, we have to research and we have to research well. Mm -hmm. Right, absolutely. Hey, Matthew, do you have a favorite superhero? Matthew, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I can hear you. I'm not really that into superheroes. I guess Deadpool. It's pretty funny. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I gotcha. Yes. And what about you, Joe? I'm only saying this because I'm around this all the time because I've got younger kids. So, you know, a superhero. Yeah. This is just a funny question. Um, I guess I've kind of always liked Superman. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. We, we like um, Captain. We like Captain America and Thor in our house. But, you know, yeah. anyways, Captain America is my daughter's favorite. But do you guys have any, I know, Borgetti, we probably have to wrap up, but do you guys have uh, words of wisdom for me, both of you, and then where everybody can find you and find your books? And I can't wait to read y'all's books. Um, I told the girls on last week that as soon as I get everybody in school, I will have time to read. And I love, 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 love to read. But all my books have dog, have dog tag, you know, pages folded over in them. So, but I really want to read both of y'all's books and I will. And then I'm going to, I may have some questions. So afterwards, but some words of wisdom from each of you and where everybody can find you and find your books and stuff. Thank you. Uh, my words of wisdom be read, 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 read. If it's all about a love of reading, you know, you have to um, see what works, look at your favorite authors, try to figure out what they're doing, try to figure out like uh, how they did it, research it, study it, reread. I always reread. I've read some of the same books like uh, house of sand and fog, probably like six times just looking at how, you know, he's such an incredible writer. 
So that will be my wisdom. Uh, you can find me at uh, www.matthewbrockmeyer.com. Uh, my Facebook is Humboldt Lycanthrope. That's H-U-M-B-O-L-D-T, Humboldt, that's where I live, and Lycanthrope, L-Y-C-A-N-T-H-R-O-P-E, which is what I am, a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> we know a real one. I'm so excited. I'm excited, Matthew. I knew a real werewolf now. So if he's out yeah, there, you he's do. the house, we'll know what's going on. Oh, that's just Matthew. No, Watch out in the full moon. <laughs> Yeah, right. Where can people find your books? Uh, at Amazon, you know, just kind Nepenthe, K-I-N-D-N-E-P-E-N-T-H-E, which yeah. is actually a quote from uh, Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. Quaff, oh, quaff this kind Nepenthe and forget this lost Lenore. It means to uh, do drugs. <laughs> well, you know what? I remember when your book came out, when you were showing the cover and it was being announced on our Facebook group, I just thought it was one of the coolest titles that I've ever seen. And I, and I can't remember looking at it going, I want to reach out to him. I want to know what his book is about. So I love the title of it. It's really cool. It's very catchy. You do. Cool. You know, it's very catchy. Thanks. It's like one of those things that, you know, you go, Hey, it's, it, that's what you want. You want things that are going to catch people's attention always. And even if it's off just a little bit or somebody may go, Hey, the way that was spelled, I remember the way that was spelled. Maybe the, one of the letters was different. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I, I definitely love the name of it. And I like where you found the, the title for it. That's cool. It's very creative. So, um, okay. Yeah, a lot of people are confused by it. Don't know what I'm talking about, but then you meet like horror fans, Edgar Allan Poe fans, and they're like, "This is such a good title." <laughs> well, it's okay. You're introducing those things to the world of people who don't know about that stuff. So you're bringing in more fans and more people that are curious, and, and that's really great, isn't it? So, okay, uh, I need about five minutes. Uh, uh, and uh, and Matthew, where can we find you? For me, actually, is it? Uh, uh, you can find me at on Facebook at Joseph Lewis Author. You can find me on Twitter at J.R. Lewis Author. Uh, my books, um, the entire trilogy and the prequel, as uh, as well as on the web, you can find on Amazon. Um, I'm there. And then it, if I, it, the words of wisdom, if I were to give something, I would echo Matthew and that you need to read. Because to me, reading is to writing as weightlifting is to athletics. I mean, you, mm. you can't do one without the other. And the second thing that I would say is don't ever quit. If you have a dream, it's going to stay a dream unless you go after it, unless you seek to, to fulfill it. And don't let anyone say you can't because you certainly can. If I can, anybody can. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, so, okay, where can they find your books? At Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Okay, and then BlackRoseWriting.com also. Obviously. That is, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, I'm Mary Elizabeth Jackson, and like Bridgetti said, I'm author of Perfectly Precious, Foolicious, and Foolicious Look at Me, and those are on Amazon and Kem Kendall, uh, Barnes and Noble online, BlackRoseWriting.com. I am on Instagram as Mary Jackson four four four, and Facebook as Perfectly Precious Foolicious. Mm -hmm and maryejackson.author. My website is maryejackson.com. And um, I would totally echo what these guys are saying. And, you know, if you leave those words on a page and don't do anything with them, that's where they will stay the rest of the life that they have on those pages. They will never get out there in the world. So you got to take a chance on yourself. 
and you just got to believe in what you're doing. So yeah. um, I'm really excited you guys came on today. Thank you so much. I hope that um, Rajetti will post the replay of this so you can post it out to all your um, social media and then uh, people will, they're going to watch it and find your book <coughs> and you'll get some new fans. Well, thank you for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you guys for coming on. It was so nice to meet both of you. I'm really excited about meeting you guys. So we can rock on, you know. It's been, it's been absolutely awesome. It was great getting to know both um, you, Matthew, and Joe. Um, thank you so much for your time, and we hope that you'll come back again sometime. Be happy to. Thank you. Anytime. Thank you. Sure. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, every time you have something new going on, we'll have to come back on and let people know, okay? Will do. Okay. Bye, everyone. Peace out, man. Bye. Thank you.